With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 111 of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, remaining the world's greatest Bolton Wanderers podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Will, as usual. Will, how are you doing? Good evening, Chris. I am well, thank you. Are you? Great stuff. I'm doing just fine. Thank you, mate. I'm doing just fine. And proof that we always follow through on our word, even if it's two years too late. We have Tommy. Tommy um, famously won the Predict the Goal Scorer competition about two years ago, <laughs> with a, a, a surprise being a slot on this very pod. Um, and Due to circumstances and, and us being highly disorganised, it's taken us this long to get him on. So, Tommy, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. It's great to be on, finally. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's taken a while to get on, but it's, it's good to be on. I'm looking forward to having a chat with you all. Brilliant. Yeah, looking forward to having you on, mate. Excellent. And also, we're joined by a special guest, Interloper from Ipswich. We've got Ben. Ben, uh, welcome, mate. You all right? I'm good, lads. Better, better than you after the week you've had, <laughs> as we're about to hear, then, yeah? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure you are, Ben. Just maybe just introduce uh, your own podcast to listeners. I know I've, I've appeared on it before and had a great time. Perhaps it's something you could direct us towards. Yeah, so um, the Blue Monday podcast um, is an Ipswich Town show. We just recorded the um, show about Bolton, so reasonably balanced. Um, so worth wondrous fans listening. And also, um, I do a lot of championship stuff myself at Benjamin Bloom on Twitter, um, Benjamin Bloom on YouTube. Fantastic. Yeah, I highly recommend you check your stuff out. It's really entertaining. Great stuff. Okie dokie. So let's start off with the happy news, the happy stuff. We'll talk about QPR for a few minutes now. Obviously, we didn't do, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, um, given the fact that uh, a lot's gone on in between. But yeah, we won a game. Tommy, come to you first as making your first appearance. We'll put you straight on the spot. Did you expect us to get anything against QPR? Uh, and what did you think of the performance? I wasn't massively confident going into it based on the obviously the rest of the way the season's gone. Um, but looking at QPR have played in a few other games this season, I'm not massively surprised that we managed to get a result. Um, it seems like we set we actually set up pretty well for once. Uh, it might have been, been a bit of an ugly win at times, but um, yeah. I, and then coming off the back of that, I was quite confident after that that we might go and pick up a few points. Um, we seemed to play pretty well. Um, but, yeah, as as the season went as a whole so far, I, w- I wasn't massively confident going into it. But um, it seems like the lads actually did pretty well. They certainly did. And, and I was, certainly wasn't expecting anything from the game. But having watched it on the dodgy box, it was a, a, one of the, a fantastic performance, one of the best ones of the season by far. Uh, Will, same question to you, mate. Um, what, did you expect us to get anything beforehand? And, and what do you think it might have meant going into the game that we had on Saturday against Ipswich? I didn't at all know. Obviously, I haven't won for what seems like forever. Obviously, the, the game previous to that was the, the Wigan battering, so I had absolutely no confidence going into it, especially with it being away uh, and QPR not being much better than ourselves, mm. admittedly. But 
to an extent, they have been this season in general. Uh, and, and then obviously to, to follow the updates and see that we were actually going ahead and, and sitting comfortably with, with that lead was was quite outstanding. I could hardly believe it. So um, obviously very tough for us, uh, the, the fact that we managed to get that. Obviously it hasn't meant much since <laughs> in the general scheme of things, mm-hmm. but nevertheless it was a vital three points. It certainly was, and it hinted maybe at an upturn in our fortunes because we thought, and, and again, Ben, I apologise, I'll say this a few times with respect, uh, we thought that we'd have a good chance uh, when it came against Ipswich because the, the, the performance against QPR was such that it gave us cause for optimism. But then Monday came along, um, <laughs> immediately following on, behalf, on the, you know, we had Sunday for to relax and enjoy ourselves before we were brought straight back down to earth with the first sort of rumours and the first rumblings that the, the Ipswich game might even be in doubt. Um, God damn, I wish it had been in doubt. Uh, with the player strike that the, the lads decided to embark upon. Now, Will, um, when did you first hear about that? Yeah, so I think it was Tuesday, actually, that it came out and it was Tuesday, on Twitter. Beg your pardon. Yeah, it was, it was either on Monday or Tuesday. I couldn't quite remember myself, but it, it seemed to be uh, quite publicised news that the players weren't too happy with you know how things were going in terms of whether wages were going to be paid and so on, and, and quite you know fairly to them in, in sacrifice of that and, and in, in in good uh, good cause you know they were quite happy to to sort of hang well not hang up their boots exactly but uh, you know just say look we're we're not willing to pay unless unless or until this mm. is sorted and we could come to some some sort of an agreement. Um, to which obviously to this day uh, it still hasn't, but somehow they were they were talked into playing. Uh, they obviously initially went on that 48-hour training strike uh, and then obviously somehow came to an agreement, whether it's via the PFA, I'm not sure, or, or whether it's just between them and, and, and either Parky or, or Ken themselves, I'm not sure. Mm. But they obviously decided that you know there was a good enough incentive behind it to get the game on. Uh, and I'm sure that the, they had a very similar conversation with the staff as well to get them to, yeah. to, to, uh, to get to work on the day as well. So, um, I mean, like you said, it's not exactly a game that I wish had actually been on in the end. But, um, but yeah, it, it all sort of come to light on the Monday and then it, it was just a, mm. a hell of a week since, wasn't it? Ben, what are the thoughts from an Ipswich point of view? Obviously, you know, it been a, a fairly big game for, for both teams, but the first rumblings then came at the start of, the, of last week. And, and were they taken particularly seriously down where you are? Well, we were sort of following from down here. And I, and I must say, with no hint of blowing smoke up, your guys asked as I was following for literally from the courtroom on your periscope feed so I think you guys did did a great job um covering that um obviously we knew about the I mean the first player strike came way back in pre-season and we all know Mm. about Mr Anderson and he's pound shillings and pence rather than managing people and I suspect his idea of how to get around this is what's my biggest expense oh, it's the players, I won't pay the players then. Um, and I know footballers make a load of money, but everybody has expenses. Everybody, you know, if, you're, if your kid's going to school or you need to put fuel in your car and you, you've spent lots of your income, um, you, you, need, you need to be paid. And if a contract says Ooh, you need to be course. paid. So I think most football fans are behind um, the Wanderers players, really. I mean, I obviously don't know um, even you know, 10% of probably what you guys know about all of this. But when we see a club like Bolton with their history going into court on a Wednesday with the potential to be liquidated, I think every football fan, you know, I think a lot of the tweets around Ipswich were, okay, moan and whinge about the game. But, you know, this is is a bit more serious than that. I think that was the general feeling. 
before the ridiculous shambles that was Friday, it must be said. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and to talk about court, then, just to move on to that, uh, Will, obviously, we've spoken to you at, at great length on, yeah. on of the court podcast, uh, and your coverage of that being there in person was phenomenal. Uh, so I'm going to completely ignore you on that. Thanks, Tommy, instead. Uh, Tommy, um, what did you think about it? I mean, viewing it from from wherever your base, mate, it was obviously a, a dramatic time for us all. But, but what was your take on the whole court, uh, all the shenanigans involved? Yeah, well, obviously, I'm I'm up in Edinburgh, Scotland, so I'm very far away from it all. So I, I was following your Twitter feed as well and uh, and Will's as well. Um, I... I didn't. I was speaking to my dad, who's been a lifelong Bolton fan, who got me into it. Um, we kind of came to the opinion that I, I never thought we were going to get liquidated. I wasn't sure exactly how it would go. I didn't feel that the court would liquidate a club of such stature, of such history. I didn't. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, I did not expect them to give us five weeks. However, um, I feel like that that we got very very lucky with that. Um, but now I don't know if that's going to come back to bite us in ours, whether it's going to take too long too long now to get anything done, whether admin's going to get put in. We've obviously got this embargo issue as well. Obviously, it was a great great result for us in court, and it did, did give us a bit of time to, to get things uh, rolling and get this takeover done if there is going to be one at all. Um, so overall, a good result. I didn't expect them to give us as long as they did. Uh, and then again, as I said, I'm not sure if that's actually a benefit or not. But obviously, mm. great news that we weren't going to get liquidated or anything. But it's all still very up in the air at the moment. Indeed, and, and time will tell on that one. With regards to Mr. Bassini, then, um, with him being the most uh, most commonly thought of forerunner to take over the club, where do you stand on him and his past, uh, Tommy? And I'll ask the same question to you, Will, as well, in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's, he's got a very, very checkered history, and Watford fans have not a single positive thing to say about him. It's, it seems to me very much like we're, we're going from the frying pan into the fire, but what's your take on it? Yeah, and I'd very much agree with that statement, but just based on what speaking to Watford fans, uh, what people yeah. in the media have had to say about him, um, I'm a strong believer of everyone deserves a second chance, but when you've been bankrupt, bankrupt twice, um, like stop traded. I know the EFL have now cleared him to do all that and he's saying that it wasn't entirely his fault but I mean if you're running a, a football club of that size you must know what's going on behind the scenes um, sure. and it's it's very obviously with what he's saying it's, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because that, all that has happened and it's very 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 hard to believe someone when that's happened before and he's he's gone and what, done what he did at Watford and um, mm. Obviously, he, he does have money behind him, he says, but we have no proof of that. Um, then again, he's saying he wants to do it all himself. So I'm, I'm very unsure with how much money he will be able to put in, whether it's just the case of what's happened with Ken, where he's taken over and he's put nothing in. Ken's obviously does have money, but he just refuses to put it in the club. And I'd rather that didn't happen with Bassini, obviously, we don't want liquidation, but um, we do we do need a new owner. But yeah, I'm I'm very very wary, and I think most Bolton fans are. Um, seen a few people on Facebook saying, "Give him a chance; he can't be any worse than Ken." But then we have the we have the opposite argument from Watford fans saying he will do a lot worse than what Ken, what Ken's done. So I'm a bit unsure of it. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, all, isn't it? It's a tough one. 
Yeah, it's very tough, and we we all don't know the whole information behind it. We don't know how much money he actually is going to bring in or anything, so it, it's very hard to comment on. But I think the general feeling with fans is that this could potentially be worse than what's happened with Ken, but we'll see. For definite, and I mean the, the choice between liquidation and Bassini, then it would seem an obvious one that you would you would have to go with him. Um, of course. Will, will um, yes. feel free just to espouse on the same topic, mate, before we move on to the uh, the next stage in the drama yeah no problem obviously of course his, his appearance in court on Wednesday or supposed appearance even obviously shed light on the matter and, and, and you would have thought like you said that he was going to be a forerunner in proceedings since then it's not really developed other than him going to the press and, and, and supposing how much he's going to you know redeem the club and, and, and take us back to the glory days um, and then obviously he was due with the game on Saturday to which he missed supposedly through illness um, having it been his birthday weekend as well, which to an extent you can understand, but I'm not sure how <laughs> much of it I buy. There. We've all been there. We have all been there. Um, but at the same time, it does you know make you worry a little bit as, as to whether there's another reason behind that, and and it you know anything such as that does tend to spark worry and and, and concern. So I think we're right in in assuming that it, it could well still go to the line down to the line and. And whether or not it's going to happen before then is is very much up in the air, as Tommy says. It is, and I'm sure we'll keep everyone appraised as best we possibly can via the site and, of course, via your good self. Now, things moved on. Obviously, we thought by Thursday that everything had been resolved, at least the persuading, persuading the players to return to duty because the game appeared to be on the chairman, indicated as much in his, his fantastic chairman's notes this week. But then Friday, flipping heck out, I was in a meeting at work. I logged on my, my phone after I came out of it to about 700 messages on the line of Vienna group that we have to say that the game again was potentially in, in doubt. Um, Will, would you mind just talking us through that uh, that development? Yeah, so obviously it was announced at, at close of play on Friday to which obviously they'd gone th- managed to get through a working day and then as everyone seemed to have powered down the computers to bugger off home at, at dot, on the dot at five o'clock, it seemed to have caused a power surge and, and cut, cut everyone's power completely. Uh, that obviously affected the the advertising boards at the at the ground as we've seen uh, during the game on Saturday. So it, it it did seem like everyone just sort of laughed it off and just went, oh, okay, yeah, a likely story. Um, and and then it it did seem to actually be a a, a genuine fault and and mm. technicians were working on it through the night. Uh, and the game was very much obviously up in the air as to whether or not it was going to go on in the first place. And to have that on top of it obviously wasn't a great thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then the, the they announced that it, it would then be on at one o'clock in the morning, which I'm sure reached every Bolton fan in plenty of time ahead of the game, uh, and Ipswich fans included, who were obviously getting an early night ahead of the, uh, the the prime early start that they had to make to get to the ground. So obviously not the best of communication, but it's obviously the earliest chance that they had to mm-hmm. to get it out there. But nevertheless, it wasn't exactly the best of a uh, communication outlets as they possibly could have done. But anyway, um, yeah, it's obviously managed to find our way around it to some extent and improvised, especially with the advertising boards, and and it just seems to be a, you know, it, it seems to sum up everything that's been going on at the club recently. It really does. And Ben, to come on to you on that topic, um, I know we we kind of joked off Mike a little bit a little bit about the the seriousness of this so-called IT fault, <laughs> but surely by the end of the, by Friday you would just shaking your heads collectively down there, given all the, the trials and tribulations of the previous couple of days ahead of the match. Well, that was the point when I gave up. And I I'm, I mean, obviously, the pricing was brilliant for the game. It was five quid. So I'd bought a ticket um, ages and ages ago. But, um, you know, it had been on, it had been off, it had been on, it had been off. And look, 
if the IT thing was genuine, the IT thing was genuine. But you have to understand that, and this is no fault of Wondrous fans, but you have to understand from our point of view down here, it looked very, very um, sus when it came mm. out, you know, quote, IT issue. And unfortunately, at that point, um, I think quite a few Ipswich fans, just uh, me included, I've got a YouTube channel to do. I went on the Birmingham website and bought a ticket for Birmingham Leeds and said, well, um, if you can't guarantee me the game until half seven tomorrow morning with, um, you know, Ipswich fans and people going through London that way, having to get to Euston before 7.30, it just got a little bit ridiculous. And um, I, amongst other people, and again, look, I, I would apologize if it was a genuine fault but you can understand by the end of the week how um and you know bolton is a great club but you can understand how silly it starts to it starts to look and the uh, ipswich account tweeted at 2:55 a.m um that the game was on and i know it's it's fun and people choose to go to to go to football but all all a little bit embarrassing given it's, um, I mean, I don't, I don't live in Ipswich. I've got an easier journey anyway, but from Ipswich sort of four and a half, five hour um, run, you, you know, you really want to know where you stand. And um, uh, unfortunately it, 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 it did look a little bit shambolic, even though from mm. what you guys are saying, it was a genuine issue reported um, in a timely way. It just came at the end of the wrong week for Bolton. Certainly, and I think I think that I don't think there's anything in particular obvious to suggest it's untoward. But all circumstances considered, yeah, most definitely it, it does look uh, as suspicious as you can possibly get. Um, Tommy, to come on to you then. In that case, it's the game that perhaps didn't want to be played. I, I saw as a quote from one of the, the from Mark Isles, in fact, the Bolton News. Um, Christ, I wish it hadn't have been on. <clears throat> but given everything that went on, were you surprised? I mean, I know the stadium on the day announced an attendance of pushing eighteen thousand, which haven't been there looked absolutely ridiculous. Do you think it might have had a negative effect on the number of people that maybe had bought tickets online uh, in the manner that Ben did and then just, just didn't bother coming? I think probably, yeah. I mean, obviously I wasn't at the game, but <clears throat> yeah, based on based what you said on attendance there, I had, a few, I had a look at a few people's pictures around from the day and whatnot, and that seemed a bit unrealistic, but I feel like they've been doing that all season anyway. So, um, But I, yeah, I think obviously if... Even if you're in Bolton and you're planning to go to the game the next day, so you're bringing your children, and then there's there's a doubt the game's going to be on at five pound a ticket. Even if you've already got a couple, um, yeah, you might you might decide to go and do something else. You might not bother. Yeah. Um, if yeah, if, if and then obviously they they released it at one two in the morning, so most people, the majority of people, are not going to be online at that time, so they're not going to check it till they get up. So they've probably made the decision late in the evening that they're going to go and do something else. And I don't blame them, really. It, yeah, it just came no, at the end of a bad week. Obviously, IT difficulties cannot be helped, and things like that do happen. But um, as Ben said, it it just it was just a bad week for us, and uh, that just put the cherry on the cake, really. Um, it, it just, yeah, I, I don't blame people for not going. And I think... I've, 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 Maybe a couple of thousand didn't bother going in the end because they didn't know whether it would be on or not, and I, I wouldn't blame them for that at all. No, I certainly certainly wish I hadn't bothered. Uh, on to the match itself. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, as, as we know now, Colin Quinn has scored two in the first half, um, two very very straightforward goals to give Ipswich the win over Wanderers, which has just made the relegation battle 
only more complicated in the in the respect of who's going to finish in which position. I, I'm still quite content that the three in there now will remain the three in there. But will to talk about the game a little bit first of all. One just yeah. came unsurprisingly unchanged, given what had happened against QPR the week before. Yes. But for the fact it was so drastically different in terms of performance. I don't think you can put that down to the simple fact that they were playing in front of a home crowd that was getting increasingly pissed off with things. Yeah, no, I don't think you can put that down to so, all. And obviously, you've got the the elephant in the room in terms of the the unpaid wage and what have you, which will have inevitably had a, a profound effect on things. But at the same time, you know, you've got to think this is the first time in what seems like forever that Parky's actually gone with an unchanged side. Um, mm. You know, people are taking a bit of an optimism from that based on how they they did at QPR, like you say. And then to to perform like that in, in in comparison, which I think it just shocks everyone to an extent. And with no disrespect whatsoever, Ben, I think we saw Ipswich as a relatively good chance to get some points on the board. And the fact that you know we were just outclassed throughout the game, uh, pretty much, you know, and, and like you said, the two very straightforward goals that that prompted that just just mm-hmm. made us, you know doubt beyond belief how it would be possible to stay up at this point now and I know we'll come to that later on as to the general consensus of, of fans opinions on that but it just it didn't make sense somehow you know and and, and it I don't understand how we'll then go into Tuesday and, and, and be optimistic whatsoever as to getting even no. a point out of that even in front of a, a home crowd like you say obviously it was a decent turnout with it being the community game and like I said, like Tommy said, even um, I'm sure a couple, a, a thousand or a hundred maybe, would have been uh, tempted not to go after it was on and off and what have you. But and you you can't blame the fans for that at all. I don't think. No, and they'll certainly not be tempted to go again on Tuesday after what 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 uh, transpired. Ben, to talk about Ipswich's season briefly. I mean, bottom of the league, it is what it is. Um, I was quite surprised though because I wondered whether the team because the team played quite well, obviously against Wanderers, didn't have to play too well to beat us, but. I thought there were some interesting players on there. I mean, I thought Emmanuel and Kenlock, the two fullbacks, looked good. Um, what do you think has been the sort of cause of your, your struggles this season? Because from what I saw, the team played with a bit of freedom. I wonder whether that was because their position seems almost pretty much sealed. And, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think if results go a particular way in the next the next game or so, I think that might be it for you guys. Yeah, you, you're right. Um, so I mean, yeah, we had a home defeat uh, three, four games ago now against Reading lost in the last minute and that was the one where they were fourth bottom and we were bottom and the gap mm-hmm. just went to a, a level where it's like okay look yeah we're, we're relegated now this is done um yeah so um what's gone wrong is that we were playing a style of football under McCarthy last season that if you do believe in xg and advanced stats we should have finished 22nd last season anyway um our goalkeeper performed very well and amazingly our strikers performed very well Waghorn, Garner, McGoldrick and Selena obviously I reel off those names Selena is at Swansea McGoldrick just scored his 13th goal of the season for Sheffield United uh, Garner is at your um friends Wigan and Waghorn went for five million to um to Derby um so basically even if we kept all of those players um the advanced metrics say we were going to drop down anyway we then sold all of them so we basically took all the quality out of a team that wasn't very good already and you do the maths you're only going to end up in in one position um yeah i i accept your point about us playing with a little bit more freedom i just it's just a bit of a weird one i've got the stats in front of me um and it's not that different from a lot of our other games, but um, we weren't that much 
um, superior to you guys. I, I know you only had two shots on target from 12, but the only difference in this game, really, which we haven't had all season, is and Colin Quainer is not the, um, you know, he's not exactly Timu Puki or Billy Sharp, but um, that's the first game in ages where we've had um, a finisher, basically. And um, right. I know we lost Quainer for the first goal, but the second goal was an excellent finish. And, you know, we've just not tucked away chances, uh, not not even decent chances. They're half chances and obviously put both of them away. Although what I would say is anybody doing any job, any type of job in the world, if, if you haven't been paid, you're talking about going on strike at the start of the week and your company might go bust in the middle of the week is not good preparation for your players as well. I think, um, you know, you talk about the drop off between the QPR performance and the Ipswich performance they you know that's got to be in the players heads and you'd assume your senior players will have been going back and forth um kind of negotiating this with your owner and um you know that's probably explains the the flat performance but um yeah pleasing pleasing for us obviously only our fourth win of a absolutely appallingly dreadful season um nice to nice to have a win and yeah sadly for you guys it was well you were kind of back in it after the QPR game, weren't mm-hmm. you? But um, with Rotherham and Millwall winning um, this past week, um, it looks like we'll be speaking again next season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and I, I did particularly, I did particularly enjoy the gallows humour. The Ipswich fans will play next player again. I think that was a line that they came up with many, <laughs> yeah, many right. times during the game. It is decent, and you got to laugh at this time, uh, especially at this point in the season when things do look so bleak. Hopefully, we can play with a a similar sort of detachment over the next six, five or six games and try and get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. Uh, Will, I'll just, uh, just stick with you, obviously, at the moment, having, having attended with the performances. I mean, I did my, my player ratings this morning. Mm. I didn't want to do them last night because I've often found that my, my reactions in the morning after have been, oh, Christ, why did I do that? But I think <laughs> I, I probably would have done something similar. Um, not many scoring above a five out of ten for that. I thought nope. performances across the board were generally extremely poor. I thought Beavers, Taylor... Um, Williams and Buckley were an absolutely appalling. Yeah. Um, the, the latter, Mr. Buckley, yet another shocking performance from a shocking season. But did you have a read of the ratings? Did, was yeah, there anything I, you particularly disagreed with? I, I, I just thought you were generous in general. <laughs> mm. No, I mean, and not to be overly harsh or anything, but to an extent, you know, they were very poor, as you say. And, you know, I think you were generous to give a couple of them fives and sixes. And I think, you know, giving Ozzy a six based on the fact that he actually made an appearance, I actually agree with you on that because it, it, it was deserved. Um, and although he didn't play particularly well or have a, an influential role, the fact that, you know, he, he managed to make a comeback in, in a Phil Parkinson side is, sure. is worth a six in itself. Um, but as, as for the rest of them, like you say, Buckley was just absolutely horrendous and you know how much I... I dislike him as a player, and I don't rate him at all. Um, and and I just think in general, as a group, they didn't perform whatsoever to to an extent which deserves even even towards really four or fives. Um, and mm. I think had I mm. been on there, I, I would have been tempted to give them twos and threes all round at the most. Yeah, I think there's certainly certainly an argument for it, Tommy. To talk about a couple of players in that list, I mean, I, I thought Olkowski was quite quite good in the second half. He, he did try and get forward a little bit more. Um, but otherwise, just a, just a, just another sort of week of disappointment. I mean, Obi's the man I want to talk to you about primarily. Um, for such yeah. a, a talented guy, someone that can easily change a game whenever he sees fit, another week passed with another absolutely nothing performance from the man. Um, it's getting to the point now where we, we, we can't carry any any longer, surely. Or, on to conversely, no. would you would you think that 
we need to keep him because of his, his quality and, and what he can do when he feels like it could well be something that comes in handy next season. Yeah, I, I, I'm touching on that. I'm not sure whether we whether we would keep him on for League One or not or try and get rid. Um, I'm not sure how long he has left on his contract now. Um, but he's he's just so half-arsed most of the time. He turns up maybe one one in every ten games, and um, he, he's just he's just not good enough at this level. Uh, the, the annoying thing and the frustrating thing about it is is that some some weeks he will he will turn up and he'll play very well and he'll glide past players, he'll maybe score a long-range goal. But that that happens what maybe one in twelve games, and it, mm. it's just not good enough at this level. He just he just doesn't seem bothered half the time. I I can get on board with a player that makes mistakes, but he tries to rectify them and he tries hard and and he and you can see the passion there for the team. But he he just seems to have lost it a little bit. And as I Definitely. say, he, he just does not turn up enough. Um, whether he'd be better any better in League One, I'm not too sure. Um, I think he'd probably do very well. He'd probably get past a few more players. He would get a few more goals. So he, we would maybe look to keep him, but. I wouldn't be massively disappointed if we lost him. No. Um, I'm just not sure anyone else in the championship would probably want to buy him. Maybe a couple of teams going up, they might get some better use out of him. But just for us, he, he just seems to have had his day now, really. Uh, I totally agree. I think that, th- that these actions, or his inactions, I should say, for the second goal, just summed up what has been a, a, an all-round poor 18 months from the guy. It's a shame because he's clearly got... Uh, masses and masses of talent but when you've not got the application it all just becomes a little bit pointless uh, one yeah. thing I thought couldn't be um, levelled against the Ipswich players Ben to come on to you before we, we let, let you go uh, Chambers I thought what an absolute beast he was on Saturday um, a player that I've not really come across too much before but he was everywhere really impressed with him maybe you could just tell us a little bit about him yeah so Chambers has been our captain for uh, you know, it's, it's it's a bit of a badge of dishonour because he's been the captain at a very bad time for for the club. Got shoved out at right back, um, you know, for I, th- I think like two seasons covering. Um, he is not the world's greatest footballer. You know, when you've had Matt Holland as your captain and Jim McGilton, Mick Mills, um, you know, he's not the player that any of those guys are. But in terms of his leadership and kind of effort and like you say sort of um you know the way the way he puts his heart and soul into his football he's very very um beloved by Ipswich supporters but it's kind of symptomatic of how we've slipped as a club because um in in teams of the past he wouldn't have got in and he's been a you know he's been a a mainstay and a um you know and a great leader and a great captain for for us, but um, yeah, and I think 33 now. Um, he's come out and said, "I'm the captain that that took Ipswich down. I want to be the captain to take mm-hmm. them back up." So I think um, I, I was remembering the 90s when they were comparing, or in the 2000s, Ferguson to Wenger, and they said the best thing Ferguson did was he kept the experienced players around all the time. I think a lot of Ipswich fan would like to see Chambers and Skews, even if they don't play every week, just stay be at the yeah. club, be used, become a coach, you know, become the link between, um, hopefully, if we can, you know, get back up in the same way you guys did when, when you went down last, you know, be be the link that um, that brings everybody back together. Yeah, we, I, I echo most of the comments you made there about about the captaincy. It's certainly something that I feel about Wheater. Um, 
it, a lot of it is personality based. You know, people do do like his personality, but also I see a, a, a person that's been there from right when we were just at the back end of being decent through to the the decline, which has taken part of the best part of a decade. So where do you where do you cut the ties? Sometimes you can be a bit too attached to players, I think. And we've spoken on this podcast before about our lack of willingness at Wanderers to, to, to cut ties with players who really should have gone a couple of years ago. But that's maybe a conversation for another day. OK, well, Ben, thank you very much for your your time tonight. Um, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. It's switch chat. I mean, yeah, can I, just very quickly, well. can I just quickly just add one more thing just to say that um, all, all football fans are behind and stand alongside Bolton fans. We're all absolutely fed up of seeing silly people um, looking at the Premier League and the 100 million and the 180 million and making stupid decisions to, you know, to try and just get that money and gambling and gambling with these important institutions like um, like Bolton. No one, I, I know there's banter in football matches. No one wants to see a club like Bolton um, in and out of court with wine up order and you know the silly statements coming out um all the time so just as long a message to any bolton fans listening to say that um other championship fans other football fans are you know are very supportive and very sympathetic and i just wish burton albion got relegated and made a profit and i just wish some owners i know bolton is 10 times the size of burton and you know so is ipswich frankly but I just wish, and Mr. Bassini goes on TalkSport saying, um, oh, I've got a four-year plan to get to the Premier League and I just want to bang my head against the wall and say, look, someone come into Bolton, take it over, run it properly, and wherever it ends up, it ends up. But the institution stays and people who watch Bolton 30 years ago, their children can watch Bolton going forward rather than, you know, this boom or bust, you know, get that 100 million TV money or you know the club goes into liquidation. I just, I just, I just thought I wanted to say that as a outside voice um, coming on your podcast that um, a lot of other football supporters have a lot of sympathy for Bolton fans. That's much appreciated, Ben, and, and uh, we certainly echo your comments. I think stability is, in in some ways, more valuable than 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 success, than than glory, than the money. You know, it'd be nice just to have someone come in and, and realize, I guess, that a club like Bolton's a probably a 10-year project it's not a three-year project you yeah, know maybe right. that that, that, re- that realism is what's missing but thank you very much for your kind words and again for your appearance ben perhaps you just remind the listeners of your own uh, platforms again just one more time absolutely before we let you yeah go. so you can find me on twitter at benjamin bloom uh if you type benjamin bloom into youtube you can subscribe to youtube there for general championship stuff and if you want to hear our take on the wanderers game and the events leading up to it uh the blue monday podcast which is already up on Acast and iTunes and all that stuff. And with no um, no tone of sarcasm, I will see you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're very welcome to uh, to join us again, Ben, when that time I'd comes. Hopefully, you'll, you'll be free to accept that. That's great. Thanks very much, Ben. Thanks, Thanks so much, Good Ben. Good on May the 8th. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Bye. Okie dokie. So to continue, uh, right, so Sunday brought about very little action. However, one inane sounding tweet as sparked to the whole entire universe of debate. A certain Luca Navarro, fresh off making a 70-80 minute long cameo appearance against Ipswich Town on the Saturday, or seemingly plays and scores for Hull City's under-23s. Will, perhaps you could just give us a bit of information about this one, because I'm still scratching my head now about 12 
on yeah. hours later. I'm just about to embarrass you, Chris. So, Luca Navarro and Luca Connell, two very different players. Um, but nevertheless, you uh, know what? It's <laughs> the same Luca. <laughs> And, I, and, I'm, and I've been up for about 15 hours myself, so go and, go away with yourself and just yeah, crack on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so Luca Navarro is obviously the player under-23s at Bolton, obviously another upcoming prodigy, similar to Connell himself, uh, another very good player who I think many uh, have given compliments to and are willing him to, to break into the first team at some point soon. Um, and he's obviously, with unannounced and completely unexpectedly, Gone on and uh, decided that he's now gonna <laughs> go and go and join up with the the whole camp, which uh, obviously came as a surprise to a lot of people. Mm. Um, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised myself, Chris, to see it being Connell, um, given that his future was very much in doubt and has been very recently. Yeah. Um, according it to came me, as a surprise to Luca Connell, then if I've just linked him to Hull for no reason. <laughs> well, I'm sure according to our very own uh, Thogden, um, you know, who's told us repeatedly, you know, that he's on trial elsewhere. Um, you know, had, had it been him, you know, I, I think that would have come as no surprise, really. And I think, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it would have just been another kick in the teeth. But the fact that it is Navarro, you know, in, in no disrespect to him whatsoever, you know, I'm, I'm obviously disappointed with the fact that we've let him, you know, join up elsewhere. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a sad state of affairs to see, you know, the, the academy slowly, yeah. slowly losing numbers too. True, and Tommy, your thoughts going into next season? Because I would have thought someone like Navarro and his fellow classmates from the academy would be those that we'd perhaps lean upon um, if we haven't got pots and pots of cash to spend next season. So what what do you think about potentially losing them before then? Obviously, we've got contracts to renew, haven't we? And there's not been a sniff about any players yet. Um, Do you think next season we'll need to rely upon the youth players more? I think we probably will, and I think it's a good opportunity to to kind of get them some game time. Um, mm. If we'd stayed up, I think those players, we'd be looking, if we are going to keep them, we would be looking to loan them out to a League One, League Two side anyway. So I think I think it's probably at their level. I think it's good to get some youth in the team as well. Um, whether who, whoever's in charge then gives them the chance, so that's the big question. Um, I'd be very disappointed to see us lose any more youth players um, to other under-23 sides or even yeah. them breaking through to anyone else because I think they are quite a valuable asset in League One um, as as much the same as the Championship you do have a lot of games you can play two or three maybe in in a space of ten days uh, so I think it is very good to have some some uh, youthful legs in there um, obviously keep some experienced people but I would be very disappointed if we did lose any more youth players to other teams Yeah absolutely agree fully agree and hopefully it's just a a matter of, of him perhaps going on trial and seeing what's what, but I guess we'll find out in, in due time. OK, so to bring things completely up to date, obviously we know that there's the, an embargo deadline tomorrow and then there's a game against Middlesbrough on Tuesday. So, Will, would you just mind just touching on the embargo deadline for us? Yeah, of course. So, in other words, uh, given that the wages, I believe, are not, are not paid by tomorrow, um, then it is understood that the club will enter a two-transfer window embargo to prevent us from signing any players, which is obviously going to uh, going to deter potential buyers and and, and future prospective uh, investors, which obviously isn't going to do ourselves any favours on the pitch either, uh, and obviously not being able to bring in any recruits to replace the the current useless lot. So um, obviously <laughs> things aren't looking particularly positive, and given that we've had no updates as to whether or not the players are going to get paid, um, it's going to be a real kick in the teeth to wake up tomorrow morning to that news. Uh, presuming that that is going to be the case, 
uh, and then obviously that won't stand us in good stead if it then comes back to court on May the 8th, which although it does seem a long way away still, um, we're out, we are only actually you know a month from it to the day. So it it it, it times passing, and although we're only you know three or four days on for on from the last one, you know, time does seem to me very quickly in in, in these it really does. times. So. Yeah, it really does. So Middlesbrough on Tuesday, then um, we'll just to keep with you, Tommy. We'll come to you in a second. Middlesbrough on Tuesday. So uh, they're they're also a team in in shocking form, having lost. I think it's either six or seven on the spin. Um, probably the perfect club to play them in that case, <laughs> as they as come to the rebot to face a Wanderers who are struggling beyond belief. Um, how do you see the game going? Do you think there's any way at all we can get a result, even with Borough's troubles in mind? No, I think we'll get hammered. Um, they always yeah. seem to be our bogey team, De Bore. I think a few people recognise them as that, and they always seem to have a goal scorer in them. I'm not sure whether Jordan Rhodes is still on the books. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. Or no, is he at Wednesday now? I'm not sure. I think but he's anyway, at Wednesday on loan. Yeah, yeah but they, they always seem to have a couple of, of, of smart players who always seem to bag a couple of goals against us. And I don't think there's been a, a, a result in, in recent history against Middlesbrough which has gone our way particularly. Obviously, in the Premier League days, you, you recall a couple of the ones where we used to put five past them sometimes, um, even on our trips to the Riverside, which now seems to be somewhat of a fortress, you know, despite your, the, the yeah. recent issues, like you say. But... Um, even at home in front of a crowd which I expect to be no more than 10 really given recent results the the, the recent affairs and, um, and and the fact that it will be a cold rainy Tuesday night um, I don't really expect us to, to have a, a, a huge advantage in the, in the form of a home backing and uh, if anything it will seem like a closed, closed doors game which perhaps it should have been at this point <laughs> Yeah, so Tommy, same question to you, mate. I mean, it's it's the last my last game, my last home game of the season. I should say we're going on my holidays, but do you see anything that we can possibly get out of the game whatsoever, or do you think it's more the same? Do you think it's going to be another step on the way to uh, confirming relegation? Just give us your thoughts, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Will on this one. As as he as he touched on there, Borough have always been a bogey team for a number of years now. Um, obviously, they've not not been in great form, but. Um, yeah, I think they'll they'll come and turn us over. I think, I think after the performance at the weekend, I think most most fans now have resigned themselves to going down. There's not much we can do about it. Obviously, brilliant if we can, but I think Borough will come and come and get a result. And obviously, yeah. the whole thing whole thing with the players is. I mean, they've had the preparation time now that they have been in. They've been into training by then, but. Um, I just, I just don't see there's any way we'll put anything past them. I don't think we'll score. I think it'll probably be 2-0 Borough. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I'd be surprised if we would be able to, to sort of reverse our fortunes, given how desperately poor Saturday was with time running out now. OK, that's great. Well, we'll, we'll see how we get on on that, and then I'm sure we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss it on a podcast not too far in the future. So I'm not sure if you've noticed, Tommy, the Twitter questions that we posed tonight. We'll come to you last on this one, so if you haven't seen it, we'll give you chance to think but we posted uh, two yeah. questions to the supporters tonight one being do you think we'll stay up and two being who would you like to have as manager next season so give that some thought um, and then Will would you mind just reading out some of the responses please yeah on of that course and, yeah we've, we've got then we'll perhaps uh, perhaps Tommy and I can both answer when we come to the end yeah of course um, just sort of going through them now and just having a look we've got some relatively uh, in- interesting answers which we've received um, but yeah like you say Tommy it'd be, it'd be good to hear your thoughts before we get cracking on that of course yeah um, 
Yeah, so I, I've had a quick look through some of the answers as well. Um, I think the, the first question, are we down? I think definitely. Um, I'd be very, very surprised if we stay up now. Obviously, it would be unbelievable. We pulled off a miracle last season. I don't think it's possible again. Um, just going through, so, so there's quite some interesting answers on Twitter. Um, Darren Moore's in there. I don't, I don't think that's possible. Just touching on that. Um, a lot of people saying Kevin Nolan. Um, I don't know what your guys' opinion on that is. I always, I, I'd love to have Kev back at the club. I just always think when you return to a club that you've you've done so well for, um, same with managers return. I just don't know if it ever works out. It's a bit of a bit of a fantasy some fans seem to have. Um, I would like to see him at the club in some capacity, but I, I just don't, I just don't sure, I'm not sure it would work out. And then I, I don't think Bolton fans would ever want to turn on him and ever, ever see that kind of relationship between him and the club turn sour. Um, but he, he is a possibility. So I'm not sure what your opinion on him, him would be. Um, who else have we got here? A few people saying David Lee, I think if, He's done well with the under twenty threes and whatnot, but I think if he if he was any some some sort of good manager, he probably would have given, been given a position in a lower league by now um, by someone else. But I, I'm not adverse to that um, that option either. Um, I've changed I've changed my mind slightly on David Lee for a while. Long time you? I was of the, a similar opinion as you in that it's it's too big a step up from the level of football that he's playing. But I think now. Given the manner in which he keeps, he puts his team together, and given the fact that we realistically there's probably going to be a few members of the team that he's either currently picking or knows well from his time managing them, he could well be the right man to, to bring in and shepherd in that new era. If it does involve the us utilising some of the youth options that we've got at our disposal, then who better than a man that knows them intimately? I think that even just to have somebody with that element of positivity could really really give a change of fortunes and quite quickly too because. If you heart back to, to Coyle when he first arrived on that absolute wave of positivity, the first six, 12 months under Coyle were absolutely fantastic. You know, we played some brilliant stuff. We, we seemed to be going on the right track again. Obviously, that all turned to shit fairly quickly. But yeah. I, I think that you could look to achieve a similar kind of bump um, if we were lucky enough to, to have someone like Lee in there. I certainly don't discount it anymore anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just having a look at a couple of the other answers. I mean, Chris, on the David Lee front, I think I've been sort of of the opinion that he's a great coach. He obviously knows the the younger players a lot better, and I'm sure he'd give them a lot of game time. I'm not sure whether he's the right man for us in terms of long term management. Obviously, in the past we've had the the, the experience of some pretty of some pretty experienced heads, um, and and I'm not sure that you know to to have somebody who's brand new, um, in in terms of you know full. Um, I don't know whether it's professional management or, or whatever, you know, as a full strength um, first team mm-hmm. management, I'm not sure what it, what is uh, what his performance would be like at that level. But uh, we'd have to see, because I presume that he'd be the interim manager should Parky's reign come to an end anytime soon. So I think it'll give him a taste of things to come and, and, and hopefully in, in that scenario it'd be a bit similar to the the initial run yeah. of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at United, but uh, obviously not so much more recently. But <laughs> I certainly don't think Park is going to be going anywhere in the short term. I, I think he's the he's safest manager in England, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think to be he... to be at the end of the season is pretty much nailed on. So I think the interim manager perhaps not so much, but I think he'd certainly be in the discussion for for permanent manager, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, I think 
we sort of shared an opinion on this, Chris, of the fact that I'd like to see Neil Warnock come in and take charge. And although you know mm-hmm. he's done the rounds, that I think he'd be he'd be looking at retirement before another job, really. But um, nevertheless, you know if, if he opens his horizons, you know following his his, his current spell at Cardiff, yeah. um, you know if he's willing to, to take on another job following that, then then I'm hoping that we'll be in the running for that. But if not, you know, then it, it, it's just uh, down to, you know, whoever's available at that time, I think. And just going through some of the, the Twitter answers, like you said, Tommy, Kevin Nolan's come up. Um, Rob Green has said that, and he said he doesn't think we'll stay up either. And I think the general gist of this is going to be very pessimistic. Uh, Bob Leatherbar also says no, and uh, Pep will do. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Um, Neil Smith says no and Neil Warnock. Again, obviously, I'm going to back that. Uh, Liam Lewis Baldwin, sorry, said no, and Darren Moore again. Like you said, Tommy, I don't think that's a very likely possibility. Um, he's obviously done reasonably well at, at West Brom, but uh, I don't think we've been the running for him necessarily. Um, Alex Boyle said no, and Sam Ricketts. That's an interesting one. Obviously, he's gone into management recently. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Chris and Tom. Yeah, it's an interesting one. He need certainly certainly know his way around the place. He's doing well at lower league level. Mm. Um, he, he did certainly did really well at, at Wrexham and, and he's taken that on now at Shrewsbury so he's got starting to earn a decent name for himself whether it's too soon for a club of this sat, stature I'm certainly not saying magnitude of the job anymore but you know the the, the responsibilities that come in it as a bigger club yeah who knows um, I mean if we're allowed to dream if someone's saying Pep then believe me uh, <laughs> Sam Allardyce would be Sam Allardyce would be the head of the queue for me I mean what a coup that would be if they could get him on board in some capacity. I think it would take a fair whack of money, no problem. But um, it, it, just getting him back on board would be the boost that I think we've been looking for for a hell of a long time. Fingers crossed, anyway, that Saladice can can somehow find his way back. Yeah, I think that would be an investment more than anything, I think, for the club. You know, yeah, just having sure. him in, in some capacity, like you said, whether or not it's it's upstairs or whether or not it's at a manage, manager's level, I, I won't be sure. But um, it would be great to have him back in, in, in some form. Uh, Steve said John Coleman I think that's a, a relatively good shout from Accrington Stanley obviously done very well getting them promoted and uh, you know they've sustained themselves in League 1 fairly well too so uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind him coming in to be fair obviously a local guy himself and, and the, the current chairman at, at, at Accrington and uh, Holt sorry giving, obviously gives a very good account of him most weekends and we've seen his, his famous interviews about him saying I don't know why I bother anymore he's very much of the similar opinion that you know referees aren't exactly of the, the better standard in, in current days so mm. um, I'm not just basing it on his opinions of referees but I just think nevertheless he's a great manager and I, I wouldn't mind him at Bolton but uh, let's have a look what else we've got Alan McCall says uh, no way we'll stay up and I'd like to see someone like Kevin Nolan given a chance obviously we've discussed that previously um, Neil Longworth has says if we stay up you can have the keys to my house van and car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we have that in writing Neil um, Chris Dickinson says no unfortunately there's chance I don't think we've got much much, uh, much chance and uh, he says if fans were behind him I'd, give, I'd keep Parky um, and I hope the new owner gives what <laughs> yeah I, I saw that one yeah and he says if fans were behind him yeah I keep parking but I do hope the new owner gives Big Sam uh, the football in director role and gives Ma- Nolan the manager's job if he decides to get rid of Parky with David Lee moving up as first team coach it's a relatively good theory interesting yeah, that, yeah interesting it would show would show a sort of continuity of thought wouldn't it that's probably been lacking yeah, that, over the last few years. I think the latter side of that is actually a very good 
good shout in terms of giving Lee the uh, the coach role. Obviously, very prominent in that role at, at a younger level. Um, Sam coming up upstairs as as he sort of hinted at in in the in the near future. Possibly Nolan give him a run at the manager's job. Um, not sure whether or not he's ready for that. And like you said, Tommy, I wouldn't like to see. Um, you know, a, a destruction of a relationship there necessarily. I think that's the last thing a Bolton fans would want to be doing right now. And, uh, and another shout for David Lee there at the end as well. So it, it's all very, you know, it, it's it's a very short short list. But um, I, th- I think we sort of know that that you know the the general outcome in, in terms of what who we'd be looking at should we should we get rid of Parky? Um, and it is likely to be obviously David Lee will be at the top of the pile, and then. You've got the obvious ones like Nolan um, and and past players like Sam Ricketts, like like a couple of you have said, but mm. uh, and then obviously Sab will be in there somewhere, but whether or not he, he's willing to take on that, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, so it very, needs some to be somebody needs to be somebody there. either out of work or somebody prepared to work for for not a great deal, doesn't it? Such as promoting <laughs> internally, I think that's the yeah. the major criteria. I certainly don't think there's going to be pots of money, unfortunately. Otherwise, you'd have to look towards Big Sam as being a dream appointment. But we'll see. We'll certainly see. Okay. Brilliant, thanks, Will. Uh, no okay, so lads, anything further to add before we, we draw things to a close? Not really, but I just feel like, you know, the next couple of days could be the nail in the coffin if it, if a takeover doesn't go through, and I just feel like, you know, Borough would, would, are going to bury us, and, and if we're in a, an embargo come that time, I think it's just going to be um, a hole which we're not going to be able to dig ourselves out of any by any means. No, very difficult. Tommy, over to you, mate. Yeah, just just reiterate what Will said there. I think yeah, the next few days are probably will be the final nails in our coffin. Um, don't see us getting a result at Borough, and then I think it's just a matter of time before we're we're confirmed to be relegated. I would love it if it wouldn't happen when we play Blackburn away because that would just be soul destroying. Um, sure. I think and speak for every fan, we do not want to play them with them given having the possibility of putting us down. Um, if we're going to go down, I'll go to down to any of the other teams, but not Blackburn away. Um, that would know. just be <laughs> the most disastrous shocking. end to a shocking season. Um, I, I totally yeah. agree. Let's hope that doesn't come to pass. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Thanks so much for your, for your opinions then. No Thanks for your contribution as well, Tommy. I'm sorry it's taken so long to get you on, but uh, it's, been great. it's been brilliant to go on. Perhaps you could just let the listeners know where to find you on the internet so they can come and have a chat with you. Yeah, so you'll see me tagged in the tweet from uh, advertising the podcast for this evening. Uh, it's at Trothers92. You'll see me talking all things Bolton and just having a good old moan on Twitter like most people do. Um I don't go to much of the games because uh, I'm from Scotland, but you'll probably see when I go to a few. So if anyone sees me wants to come say hello, have a, buy me a pint or whatever, then that's perfect. Um, <laughs> I'll be at the front of yeah. the queue for that. And I'm sure <laughs> they'll find you at uh, every every techno festival north of the border oh, too. Of course, yeah. If you ever, <laughs> ever, ever want to come up to Edinburgh, anyone either, uh, give me a shout. I can show you around. We'll have a pint or whatever. But yeah, don't get too many games, but you'll probably see me on Twitter moaning about Bolton and other things but uh, yeah thanks for having me on lads it's been brilliant no it's been our pleasure uh, Will? yeah you can obviously find me at WR1LJ for all sort of Bolton Wanderers goings on uh, obviously upon the court dates and, and, and the big days in the, in, in the future of the history I'm, I'm obviously the, the man to come to now you know Chris says I'm, I'm Bolton famous now so no I'm joking well, I, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. Mr Bolton no. official official media liaison I believe no, I, I, I message just uh, I, I like to be involved so um, you know if ever you have anything to ask I'm sure we have our, our reliable sources 
and put myself in, I'll obviously be present at the next one should it come to that. Uh, and obviously, you can find the podcast on iTunes, which can leave us a very nice review for, otherwise, don't bother. Um, and then, obviously, you can find our ramblings on the website too. Uh, yeah, back to you, Chris. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. So, hopefully, we can uh, find our way to, to fulfill another podcast after the Middlesbrough game this week, but we'll see how things go. Uh, so, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's it. Uh, give the podcast and the website a follow. Leave a review on iTunes and we'll look forward to seeing you for episode 112. Now over to Will for the closing, which I absolutely despise. <laughs> You're very welcome. So it's time to say goodbye. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Tommy. Goodbye, Tommy. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me, Sir Lavi.